To begin our series, 59 Days of Healing, I wanted to take a little bit of time to give some context for what we'll be doing over the next 59 days with this magnificent text, The Seven Points for Healing Dualistic Mind, which is about a thousand years old and was written by Kadampa Geshe, Chekewa Yeshe Dorje. There are many texts for Lojong, which I'm rendering in an everyday English context as healing dualistic mind. This is just one of them. There are also many commentaries on this particular text. So there's a wealth of information for healing dualistic mind in this body of teachings called the Lo Jung in Tibetan. Lo means dualistic mind, and Jung means to heal, refine, purify, etc. These seven points are rubrics which guide the practice as a whole. The practice is described in 59 maxims, pithy sayings that fall under one or another of these seven points, The practice is both a formal meditation practice that we engage on the cushion and also an informal practice that we enact in our lives, lived practice of working with experience from the perspective of recognizing the harm that dualistic thinking works on our mind and shifting to an attitude that seeks to heal that mind as an important foundation for going still further into the practice. What are those seven points? First is begin with the basics. This is just a single maxim, and it lays a foundation for a sense of urgency, a sense of why it's valuable to engage in this process of healing dualistic mind, why we want to do it at all. Second point is nurture the intent to awaken. This is talking about the Sanskrit word bodhicitta. And in fact, all of these maxims, all Lojong texts are texts that help us to cultivate bodhicitta, this intent to awaken in two ways. Bodhicitta can be thought of as ultimate bodhicitta, which is talking about very refined ideas about genuine reality and how things that we experience are not quite what they seem to be. The second point really relates to the formal practice more than the lived practice throughout our day, although there are some maxims that relate to this more informal way of engaging ultimate bodhicitta. Then the next five points relate to relative bodhicitta, which we often will think about as an incredible degree of compassion, really heightened sense of commonality with one another and compassion for all beings. The third in the seven points for healing the holistic mind is turn challenges into opportunities. These are maxims that give us advice for how do we deal with difficult people, difficult situations, sadness, anger, discomfort, any number of the tricky situations that are great food for dualistic mind to jump on and make things more complicated than they need to be. The next point is enrich every moment. 
these are maxims for laying out a comprehensive practice throughout the course of our lives in very simple ways, something that we can take up in a continuous way throughout life to continue to cultivate that healing of dualistic mind and that intent to awaken on both ultimate and relative levels. Next comes track your progress, the fifth of the seven points for healing dualistic mind. These are points that I also like to talk about as healing promises. These are points that help us to gauge how am I doing? We all want to know, am I succeeding? How am I doing? What grade am I getting? All dualistic mind. But at the same time, it is valuable to have a way to check in with ourselves in a gentle, kind, and curious way to see how we're doing and if we're going awry. That's what this point does for us, the fifth, tracking your progress. The sixth point I like to call healing promises. These are promises that we make to ourselves. There's no way we can break these promises because if we slip, that's wonderful. We caught a slip up that normally we may not have noticed. Dualistic mind would have come up with all kinds of stories to cover that up. And if we don't slip, if we continue to rise to our commitment to ourselves, we grow further and further in our process of healing. The last of the seven points for healing dualistic mind are basically tips, advice that comes up again and again in very common situations in life. Some of them are very serious and straightforward, and some of them are kind of witty and <laughs> sharp and have a great sense of humor. It's one of the wonderful things about this practice. And I think you'll find if you start to look into it, how beloved this practice is of anyone who brings it into their experience. What we'll be doing over the next 59 days is laying a groundwork for how you can come to know these maxims and use them on a daily basis in your life. We'll choose one maxim a day in chronological order. And I'll talk a little bit about the commentaries on that practice. What does the maxim mean? Some of them are not immediately obvious because they're pithy. They're meant to be a reminder of something that we already have studied and understood. We'll spend a few moments looking into that. Tanya will ask any questions that come up for her. And you'll get to spend 24 hours looking at where in your life is there something that this maxim is able to address, able to help you heal, able to turn dualistic mind on its head, so to speak, the specialty of these practices. Let's get started. To begin with, we'll really think about why we want to do this in the first place before we start with the first maxim tomorrow. Thank you so much, Yeshe. That orientation is really helpful. I know that you've told me some of these might be better communicated through a guided meditation than through a conversation. So is that something that listeners might expect? Yes. As I mentioned, especially the second of the seven points for healing dualistic mind, which is nurture the intent to awaken contains maxims that relate to a formal meditation practice. When we get to those maxims, that session will be a guided meditation so we can learn what that practice is about, and Lama Zopa will guide those. Fantastic. When people are using these 
Do you have a suggestion for like that? Should they listen to it first thing in the morning so that they can use it throughout the day? Should they take notes? Like what should they do to keep it in mind and really make the best use of it throughout their day? That's my favorite part of this practice because it is so malleable. You can make it your own. You should make it your own. I'm a morning person. I, I have been drawing one maxim a day, every day for decades, and I immediately write it down. And that sort of instills a way of seeing my day through the lens of that maxim. Some people might prefer to do it at night and wake up the next morning with it already set in their mind. It may also depend on your work or family schedule. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that it suit you that it work for your life and your predispositions and what you like. I love words and I love to write. So I will often write special notes when there is a particular day where the maxim really hits something that's happening in my life. And it doesn't always do that in a very obvious way. Sometimes it's very subtle, but I promise you that when something in your life triggers a recollection of one of the maxims, and you get that aha moment, that light bulb going off in your head, that experience is going to teach you more about the maxim than any number of commentaries and books that you read. Fantastic. So listeners can expect that one of these will be available every day for 59 days. And I know that you've also been posting these on Instagram. So I wonder if you have thoughts about how people might use that as a support for this practice. Yes, I've been posting these maxims periodically for the last couple of months. They're all available on my Instagram, Karma Yeshe Children, which will be in the notes for the podcast. They're a handy way to just look at them and see them visually as well as reading them. We are all very different kinds of learners. We might be a visual learner, an oral learner, a kinetic learner. So whatever is your channel of taking information in, you should do that. If you're visual, the visual, very clean images of these maxims, just dark writing against white background may be very helpful for you. And they'll also be grouped by each of the seven points. So that may also be something that's helpful for you as a reference as you go forward in these notes. There'll also be a link to a PDF that you can download So you can have a document on your phone or your computer or print it out as you like with the particular English rendering that I'm using for this series. There are many different translations. And this particular one is everyday colloquial English. You don't have to be Buddhist. You don't even have to be spiritual. It's something that anyone can access if they seek to develop themselves personally in a way that is more expansive and panoramic. Fantastic. I just want to make sure that people know that this is going to be a divergence from our typical format, because typically our episodes are a teaching, a conversation, a song, and a guided meditation. So it's like a four-course meal every time, and it's about an hour long. These are going to be shorter little nuggets of about maybe 10 to 12 minutes each. As active as my muse is, I am not anticipating I will be writing a song for (laughs) each of them. 59 maxims. So rather than sort of this four course meal, uh, we'll have every day, maybe it's like a tasting menu. So every day, people will get a little taste of something. 
Exactly. In those 59 days, we will be postponing the fuller length episodes that we would normally be doing on the full moons. This is a wonderful way to start the calendar year, to really lay a positive groundwork and to make a commitment to our genuine self-care in a way that's very deep-rooted and very broad-reaching so that we don't have to lunge for all kinds of more superficial ways to create a palliative measure when we're not doing well. This helps us to weather the storms in a much more even-handed way. So maybe it's a good New Year's resolution for folks that will take them pretty much up to the Tibetan New Year. And if my experience at the gym is any indication, then people do their New Year's resolutions for maybe 59 days. Um, <laughs> but it's sometimes hard to commit for longer. So this might be a good way for people to, to kick off the year in a really healthy, good way. And there'll be resources available for you to look at and choose what works best for you. Awesome. Well, I look forward to the next 59 days. Me too. This has been Yeshe and Tanya on day zero of Prajna Spark special series, 59 Days of Healing. Tune in daily for more maxims from the Tibetan Lojong text, Seven Points for Healing Dualistic Mind. Check the episode notes for more resources and email us at sparks at prajnafire.com with any questions. May all beings benefit.